Our second scripture lesson this morning comes from the letter to the Hebrew people, chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarded its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Um, As a pastor, one of the questions that I get asked most frequently, it might actually be the number one question I get asked, is some variation on the theme of what happens after we die. And this isn't a question that people typically ask me out of like intellectual curiosity or some sort of bravado. It's usually a question that's asked in quieter moments and with some amount of anxiety, maybe around a family memorial or funeral service, these questions. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to this person that I love? What's going to happen to us? And as you read scripture, I think this is probably a question that people brought to Jesus pretty frequently as well. And it's interesting, when you go to the Bible and you start digging through and looking for these places in the Gospels, it seems that when Jesus gets asked this question of what is to come, what's next, more often than not, he sort of turns the question inside out and hands it back to the asker. Not so much what is going to happen in the life to come, but instead, how are we living right now? here in the life that we have been given in this moment. As we've been talking about and studying the parables throughout the fall, I'm struck by the fact that every parable we've studied so far has started with that little line, the kingdom of heaven is like. And then instead of comparing the kingdom of heaven to, you know, St. Peter and the pearly gates and the puffy clouds and the harp and the endless bowl of M&Ms or whatever your personal view of heaven kind of looks like, Jesus surprises us, and he gives us stories of life here and now. We have a vineyard owner and the workers who go to pick the grapes. We have a woman kneading bread on her kitchen counter. We have a bush which is large enough to shade many birds. A father who's reunited with his son. A man who helps his enemy who's bleeding and dying on the side of the road. Again and again with these parables, it seems to me that Jesus is sort of pulling our eyes away from heaven and asking us to look down at what's right in front of us here and now. There's something about the life that we're living that becomes, in a certain sense, the kingdom of heaven in our midst. Now with Jesus, this is the case again and again throughout any parable you look up. The kingdom of heaven is going to be found in the ordinary in bread and wine on a kitchen counter, caring for your neighbor, the relationships that are woven in and amongst our community, fair wages paid to the worker. The kingdom of heaven is found in the ordinary. And what makes it extraordinary, what makes it the kingdom of God, is that where it's present among us, everyone has enough. Every person is cared for. And so today, as we celebrate All Saints Day and we gather to give thanks for those lives of our friends and family members who passed away before us, 
I would ask that we spend some time together dwelling in the ordinary, to remember those people in their mundane, everyday routines. For me, I cherish the memory uh, last Christmas of standing here, actually I was sitting in that front pew, listening to the bells play, and I remember looking up here at the bell tables and seeing a sight that I'd seen every month since I've started here at the church of Alice Allstetter standing there in her little white gloves, ringing away the bells on Christmas Eve. It's a memory that I have spanning back over several years, and I'm sure that's a memory many of you have spanning back many, many more years than that. Decades of Christmas Eve services and Sunday morning services where Alice so faithfully rang as a part of the bell choir. And it's routine. It became a part of our life as a congregation But there's something of the kingdom of heaven there in ringing the bells to celebrate a birth. And I remember also Tuesday afternoons in my office, the sun comes in to the office in the afternoon, so it usually gets a little warm. And usually on Tuesday afternoons after Rotary, Vern would stop by and he'd sit down in my office and usually I'd kind of pull the shade because it was getting way too hot with the sun in there. And we would sit and we would trade stories and news We would sort of traffic in the currency of this church community. It was nothing extraordinary or earth-shattering, just a conversation. But I really think the kingdom of God was present in the ways that the two of us could enact care for this community in those stories shared together. I remember how I would go and visit Phil Barnes, and he would always have a newspaper there, and he and I would sit, and we would chat about whatever the headline of the news was for the day. I remember Phil for his ready and his warm smile for everyone, the handshake that he would always give me after church on a Sunday morning. For me, I'll also remember the images of my own grandma, my grandma Ruth. Um, She passed away a few months ago. I remember her in these little things, a bowl of nuts on the kitchen counter, or anytime I see a VW bug, she and my grandpa always drove some model of the VW Beetle. She had this little glass candy jar on her counter in the shape of the original VW bug, and it was always full of gummy bears. And I loved it when I would go to visit because my parents had absolutely no clue how many sweets I actually ingested at grandma's house because they were so easy to get to. I remember things about grandma like the blue bedspread on the bunk beds at her house or how she had this kind of insane habit of ironing every piece of cloth that was in her household. Like everything from bed sheets to dish towels ratty old sweatshirts, and I would occasionally find her ironing socks and underwear, which like is baffling to me that anyone would spend time doing that, but Grandma did. And I think in those small ways, my grandmother throughout her life enacted a ministry of hospitality. Her home was open, and it welcomed people into not only her home, but in a sense into the kingdom of God with every glass of wine and slice of bread that was shared around her table. That was the kingdom of God. In this letter to the Hebrews, there's this lovely image that's woven together of the great cloud of witnesses. The chapter preceding this couple verses that I read is a long one, and it goes through this great list of all of the people of faith who have come before us. Moses and Miriam and Abraham and Sarah and Rahab and David and Solomon and all of these great names of faith these great and powerful figures of scripture. 
they're gathered together in this cloud around us, cheering us on in the race that we are running. And this image has potential to be almost overwhelming to us. It can be filled with sort of biblical celebrity in a certain sense, like Moses and Abraham. These figures feel so far away from us, they're untouchable. But I don't think that's what the writer of this letter wants us to think here. I think this writer is getting at the fact that they lived a life of faith just as we are, that we have this commonality with them, that they are gathered around us still here today. And so in my mind, when I think of this great cloud of witnesses, I certainly imagine you know, the biblical Moses or the biblical Ruth, but I also start to see other faces in that crowd. I see my grandma Ruth, and even though he's still alive, I see my son Moses, I see my brother Don, my friend Vern, my sister Betty. This community, the living and the dead, the great cloud of witnesses, it's all of us. We are gathered across time and across space. We are the body of Christ in this life and the life to come. And so in answer to those questions that come to me, those questions of longing and concern, what happens next? Where do we go? Where does my family member go? I have two responses to offer to that. The first is to look at those parables, to think about the life that we are already living, to take our eyes off of the clouds, away from heaven, and instead to focus on the ground in front of us today. To live in such a way that we are bringing the kingdom of heaven here and now in our kitchens, around our dining room tables, in our offices, on the streets of our own community, that we celebrate a kingdom of God that is here and now in the ordinary and the everyday. And that in that, we then give thanks for those saints who have gone before us, those saints who have lived their lives and run their races, who have been an example of the kingdom of heaven in our midst. To give thanks for all in them that was good and kind and generous, And then in that thanksgiving, to know that they are not gone from us, but they are here gathered around us, joining us at this table, a great cloud of witnesses, the people of faith who cheer us on in the work that we still have to do to bring the kingdom of God into this world that we have been given. Thanks be to God. Amen.